So breaking news, your fearless leader has been acquitted of all charges, Bob. And uh, I won't ask you how that makes you feel because I really know how that makes you feel. <laughs> but uh, it does. I didn't think we were going to date our podcast like this, but that's okay. Uh, that's true. That's true. But we are going to talk about something that did happen recently, but we're going to expand upon it and look towards the future as we often do. Um, can you guess what topic? Yeah, but before we get into that, yep. Before we get into that, can we give a, a shout out or two to, we had some social media engagement this week from a recent episode about, uh, space travel to Mars. <laughs> shout out to Conrad. <laughs> Yes, Conrad. He's probably like, damn you guys, when are we going to do this collaboration thing so I can like fight you mano a mano, right, on these topics? Well, it's funny, though, because I feel like, yes, we did ask a lot of questions, mostly focused around how how this all works, you know, how you make an engine that can do that trip. Um, but then also, you know, the subspace communications thing. It's great. You can reference Star Trek, but I mean... We don't, that's fantasy, right? It is, but the, the best thing about Star Trek is uh, it's like the Venn diagram. It's definitely real in some cases, believable, and it's definitely fantastical. However, it's not just lasers from spaceships. I mean, I guess they do have lasers, which aren't very accurate, but they do have a lot of, well, technically, yes, that's possible, but it's completely unreachable by today's standards type stuff. And it does, Star Trek historically has driven a lot of our current technology. Um, Watch how well I'm going to connect some things together right now. So last night we were watching, well, actually the last two nights we've been glued to the television because we're old folks now and we watch um, politically geared television, mostly following the Iowa caucus debacle, which we'll touch upon. But Caroline said to me, she goes, this is like 2020. Why is there such a delay between the asking of the question and someone answering the question when they're really just from, you know, New York to Iowa? And I'm like, it still has to go up to the satellite and back down. It's about what, a second and a half? No, it, it, well, yeah, it's about 500 milliseconds. A half second doesn't sound like a ton, but it is it, it a half up and half down or half total? It's, it's a half total. It's 250 milliseconds up, 250 down. Wow. It feels like a lot more on those live broadcasts, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, I saw Biden the other day talking to Stephanopoulos or however you say his name, and it was awkward because they just kept stepping on each other. And Biden, I think, had like no idea on how to like, okay, hold hold on a second. J- Joe, shut up. L- let the man talk. Wait, Grandpa Joe. Grandpa Joe doesn't understand uh, satellite delay? Um, he, he probably does, but he... He definitely didn't handle it well. But anyway, I digress. So that half millisecond up and down, though, that's an ideal yes, it is. circumstances. So it could lag longer. Yeah, so that, that's just your transit time from ground to satellite to back. However, you still have encoders because, you know, in the modern world, we, we take this signal and we change it from analog to digital, digital to analog, because that signal that goes all the way out to space is an analog radio wave. And we've got to convert those back into bits on both sides. So there's a little bit of latency there uh, injected as well. So, I mean, yeah, you've got some additional stuff. So we're learning a lot about the candidates every single day. And there's a lot of technology tied to that. 
But if I asked you this question, historically speaking, would you say that elections have been very tightly tied to technology other than recent history? I don't think so. Um, I mean, you think about it, you go into the booth and you, for the most part, in a lot of locations, you're still actually punching a hole in a piece of paper or, you know, there's, there's a printed paper ballot that's a result of that. I would not consider any of that very high tech. Yeah. So my earliest memories of going, tagging along to go voting with my parents in the 80s, my earliest memories of voting, you'd walk, you go to the school or your, wherever your voting precinct is, you'd walk into this thing, you'd draw the curtain behind you. It looked like something, it looked like George Boolean's analytical machine. It just looked like this metal thing and really, exactly, levers, pulley. I don't know how people voted back then, but apparently, I mean, of course, I was you know a young child, so this is just my impression of it all, but apparently you did something and it did something and it outputted like a punch card or something, and I guess that was your vote, and then they threw it on the stack and the next person went in. So that that's my earliest memory, and then my my modern memory and it hasn't really changed since I've been able to vote. It's, it's a, like an e ink type screen where you push the button either on the far left or far right. Like there's like buttons on the left and right. And then when you get to the last page, you push the giant red button, which is now lit up like a Christmas tree that says pushing this button means your vote counts. You know, you push the button and that's, that and then the dot matrix does its thing. Well, it, it feels like, you know, like a calculator from the late 90s technology, like, you know, like a TI-85 is probably what runs my voting machine like nowadays. So I guess that's... Does yours have the jog wheel? Uh, we don't have such things. It must be... Ooh. Is that like an innovative voting? Uh, well, we still have the big red button. Okay. And we have the left and the right arrows, yep. even though they're not, they're arrow shaped buttons. But then... Most of my adult voting has had the machine with the jog wheel. So that's how you like, you know, there's a 256 color screen and it moves the highlight. Oh, oh we have ours is two color. It's it's literally like e-ink. So there's no color to it at all. But you know what really grinds my gears now that you brought it up? You've, you've triggered me, Bob. What grinds my gears is you can there's buttons in Indiana that you can say that you can vote straight party lines. Push this button for all Republican. Push this button for all Democrat. And then that just bothers me that you don't even have to look. I'm just going to vote guess on for the, the party. First screen, yeah, on the first screen, we get that option too, but it's still like a screen. And then, and, and ours is kind of, they're like digital checkboxes. I don't know. It's pretty lame, but it's still not, I would not consider it high tech in any way, shape, or form. I think they should ban those just like select all Republican or select all Democrat. I just feel like that's totally disingenuous to the process. Just vote for the team. Well, it's funny that you bring up disingenuous to the process because um, the caucus the other night, the caucuses the other night in Iowa, I've never caucused personally. Have you? I have not caucused, and it's so weird to use that word as a verb, but no, I've never caucused. Apparently, I'm going to get the chance to this year because my wife is either making me do that and or phone bank for a candidate coming up very soon. But anyway, I digress. Um, the the whole like disrespecting the process or whatever that exact phrase that you used, the fact that you line up in an area publicly and then there's a chance for you then to persuade your friends and neighbors to join you in your area for the next phase. That just feels 
feels kind of icky. Like to me. you can bring like a cheesecake and be like, "Hey, Fred, I know you're into cheesecake, but hey, I'm into I'm into Bernie. What do you think? I'll give you a slice." There, there were reporters talking about promising to shovel their neighbor snow for the following oh year, uh, baking them cookies. Like they've heard all these side conversations. So yeah, people try to convince and or bribe each other to to come stand in the corner with them. Which is so weird. It is, but part of me is like... Because it's not binding. Right. But part of me is like, okay, you're trying to persuade people. And let's be honest, people persuade people all the time with things and whatnot. And a private citizen persuading another private citizen is not as icky as a government official who sits on government money being persuaded by a lobbyist, for instance. Okay, fair enough. That's true. Just saying. For sure. But yeah caucusing sounds weird only because i'm using the actual definition of weird which means something other than outside my norm <laughs> you know not that it's yeah. weird bad it's just outside what i'm used to well i think we're gonna get to is it weird bad or is it just bad bad here in a couple minutes but uh <laughs> do you think we should try to set a record and uh kick this off yeah let's do it you are listening to the bob and kevin show with bob Beatty bar and kevin gisheski each week, we cover relevant tech and social issues related to technology. Our website is bobandkevin.show. And our episodes can be found virtually on any podcast network. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search for Bob and Kevin Show. Iowa caucuses recently happened, but it happens every year. So whenever you listen to this pod, it, it happened. But what was int- happens every four years. Thank you. What happened this time around is at the end of the night, no winner could be declared because, Bob? Technology. Technology. And a little more context is the results were to be transmitted by a mobile app to the DNC of Iowa, Democratic National Committee of Iowa's headquarters so they could feed cnn they could feed fox news they could uh feed all the outlets right it i don't know was that the intent of the app because see i'm so confused by this because i was watching it live and while you know obviously the news outlets can't be at each one of the 1700 caucus locations they were at they picked like some of the high profile ones and there were five i was watching the cnn broadcast full disclosure but there were five locations that they were covering pretty much live. And those locations ranged from, you know, slightly over 100 people at the caucus location to I think one of them was approaching 1,000. So like 900 some, I think the attendees were. And it's a very analog, caucusing is a very analog event. They literally are counting people in an area. So one of the things that they did differently this time around is for the first time ever, they were going to share transparently with the viewing public or with America, basically, the first round numbers. So you basically pick a candidate and based on the number of people at the location, they pick a viability threshold at 15%. So if there were 100 people at the caucus location, you would have to have 15 members in your caucus group to be viable. 
if you weren't, if you were underneath that threshold, the people in the non-viable groups had to pick a second pick. But then that was it. They were locked in. So the first time ever, they were going to share round one numbers, round two numbers. Then, as always, the delegate distribution, which is a whole nother set of fuckery after that. <laughs> so uh, so the app wasn't meant to integrate directly with CNN, but it just, you know, it's, it's a means to say, OK, I need to transmit numbers to from location A to location B, location B being DNC headquarters to it, then the. CNNs of the world could then get tallies of all the precincts. Right. But in the olden days, people would call in, I'm assuming, or if they were close enough to the central repository, they would just drive their ballots there because there are cards that for each individual preference. Um, and they would still report those. Like one of the things mentioned over and over on the night of the caucus, which was just a few nights ago, um, that, you know, historically... Well, last for, you know, at 2016 at this time, we were 80% reported already. And that was the good old-fashioned way with paper. So, you know, I get the intent of, hey, it's it's the year 2020. Let's, let's find some slick technological way to make it easier because driving your, your paper ballots there takes time. Sending a spreadsheet through email seems arcane. Um, it just seems like, you know, a lot of like on the surface, Hey, this is a great idea, but those wait, before you get to your buck, can I ask you a simple question? Yes. Did you hear about this app before the day of the caucus? Of course not. I did not. Okay. I didn't either. I just wanted to make sure that I was either a part of the uninformed masses or be just an idiot. So it sounds like not many people knew about this app. Well, up until the day of the But caucus. should we have? I think the answer is also no. I mean, this isn't one of those things that we should just be like, hey, did you hear about Iowa? They're, they're running this new app. Let's see how it goes and do an elbow jab in somebody's rib. You know, I don't know. Yeah, but as a fast forward, though, when things are going in the shitter and then all of a sudden you hear somebody say, oh, there was this app that we were really worried about and we think, because early on it was like, well, maybe that's what caused it. Just like casual, maybe it was the app that was causing the problems. So to inform the lay listener here, what had happened was apparently not much because there was a friction. There was a lot of friction between the precinct people trying to transmit through this app to uh, headquarters. And I was seeing some of the error messages, you know, basically it couldn't connect or so there was some problem and look. Did you see the XYZ protocol one? Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm, not sh- I'm not sure if that was like a uh, placeholder. Hey, you're using the wrong. No, that looked like a screen grab. Well, it did, but I think it was a generic error message. Hey, the protocol you're trying to use, such as XYZ, blah, blah, blah. I don't think it was the actual literal one, like leaving foo and bar in the code like I've done before. <laughs> but I'm just saying. I hope that it was uh, a generic label, but. I was like, well, fuck, that's not going to work. So <laughs> there's no such thing as XYZ protocol. This app was created by a company called Shadow Inc. And that is its own laughable thing. Wait a second. You're telling me <laughs> they're a shady operation and it's called Shadow Inc. Okay. What what government group? I, I mean, seriously, let, let's take technology aside. This is just basic common sense. I'm a government organization. 
who hires a company called Shadow Inc.? Well, I made the comment in our work channel that, well, it's because shistyshit.com was already taken. So, uh, but shadow and government is just not supposed to be in the same phrase together yeah. in the public. So the app apparently costs 60 grand because my, which is lower than my initial guy. I was thinking this was at least a seven digit app just because it's talking to government and to, to put up with government bullshit, you add extra decimals and placeholders. Do we know, right? do we know that it was talking to government? Um, wait. it seems like a point to point. Like, I don't think the government was involved. Well, it's, it was the DNC involved. So, Primaries are run by political parties. They're actually not run by the government. However, everyone at the DNC and all the candidates are completely associated with the government, right? Yeah, but we're talking about the same DNC that's had servers exposed to the outside, hacked, pillaged. So, I mean, they don't have a great tech track record. Right. Total leadership fail. And I'll kind of get into that a little more. I'm going to get through some of the details of the app and the company. So Shadow Inc., 60 grand. It used two-factor auth, which apparently was part of the problem. Ooh. Hey, I'm all about two-factor auth, but we'll talk a little bit more about that. The The more shady part of this is that it was a side-loaded app. Are you familiar with side-loaded apps? Um, side-loaded apps, are, that not that the protocol that you have to go through when it's not officially in the app store? Correct. Because if you want to yeah. get an app on Android, you go to the Play Store. You want an app on um, Apple, you're going to get it from the Apple Store, the App Store. And so, But I'm thinking if I wanted to protect something like that, I would totally go the side-load method, right? I, I'm glad you brought that because I, br I brought this up yesterday too. Because somebody said like, hey, shouldn't that have been a warning flag? Yes and no. Because... Bob, what can I do with code, even if it's compiled? You can decompile it. So if it's public, that's awful. Right. So if I have an app that's meant to go to 1,700 people, but it's on the Play Store where anyone can download it or App Store where anyone can download it, that possibly opens up a bit of a risk there. Aside from that, Android will take any app. It could be a guess your number game and they'll take it where apple guess your number game where we steal all your information exactly <laughs> where apple is very uh stringent on their stuff good for apple but let's say you don't want to go through that bullshit and you're like look there's 1700 people we're going to use this um so there's different ways to distribute that and i think it's like fairy app or whatever they use but there's one called hockey puck so if you do mobile development and you're like hey kevin check this out or hey baba can you test this out for me it's not in the store or this version is not in the store you use these side services to get that app onto your phone so right. at, at face value when somebody says but it was sideloaded isn't that shady well yes and no and i would actually come down on the idea that that's maybe what I would do too, because yeah, unless you did, unless you uploaded it to your own server and had secure distribution. I mean, but that's still a side load. Yeah. It's still really. a side load because unless it's coming from the official Google store or iOS, it is a side load, no matter where you, you get that from. And then to side load that you got to turn off or turn on, if you will, developer mode. And there's just starting to become barriers to installing this. Right. Thing. There's a giant general user barrier to entry, but can we, can we talk a little bit about like just the concept of the app in general? Yes. Because you said 60 grand and you were a little shocked that it was below your original guess, which obviously if you say, hey, guess how much the government paid for this piece of shit app? And you're going to say a million dollars. Right. You know, it's, <laughs> exactly. That's just, 
That's just your standard answer. But when you think about what that app actually had to do, so 1,700 locations, but each one of those locations was literally only sharing three numbers. First round total, second round total per candidate. So times, we'll, we'll say times 10, even though it wasn't 10 candidates. So 30 numbers. Yes. You and I could build that in a half day. Yes. So, <laughs> so 60 grand is still pretty expensive. <laughs> so Bob, it, um, if you wouldn't mind in the top right uh, desk drawer, pull out your uh, shiny tinfoil hat because I've got two answers for you. Dude, I've been wearing that tinfoil hat for 72 hours straight. So I've got two answers for you. And somebody put it in a tweet, and I totally agree. It was either gross incompetence or somebody had an angle here. And that angle, like, hey, let's let's round this extra penny and put it in a foreign bank account. That went bad. It's like, shit, shit, shit. You know? So I am of the opinion that it is the former. Gross incompetence. Because you're right. All you got to do is put some numbers in, send it to a server. Oh, my God. That is like every app ever. And that is just like, I mean, we're not talking about threading. We're not talking about graphics. No. We're just like. It's literally five lines of code to post something to another form. Like, like, send I mean, this out, please. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't hard. So I'm looking at this going, you had one job. But somebody actually tweeted, I think it was the voice of God handle. You had N-A-N job yeah. or whatever it was. <laughs> Final number to come job. Oh my gosh. Um, but, oh my God, yeah. So. I think it's a combination of both. I think, because I'm still wearing my tinfoil hat. It was shady shit with gross negligence. <laughs> so to, to, to finish out the context, so it went completely horrible. We had no winner at the end of the night, which is worst case scenario. You have a sitting. We still don't have one. <laughs> We're dating ourselves. It's two days yes. later. <laughs> they still, they could have counted these votes 10 times over. We have a sitting president who's the opposition to these candidates laughing his ass off and going, you motherfuckers. <laughs> Thank you for that gift. Thank you. Not that I needed one, but thank you. Oh, <laughs> right? <sighs> so, um, let, let me start kind of picking this apart. So, where was the testing? And where was the dry run? Because I think it was obvious, based on some of the feedback of the people. Some people said they had no intention of using it because, it, air quotes, sounded too hard. Or they waited till the day of to try to install it to their phone. Well, but they phone. were, from what I read... The um, committee chair people or captains or whatever they're called were getting emails up until the day of the caucus with updated links for the app, right? Which goes to show it's like, well, I, I, and by the way, I don't blame developers in this case well, at all. We'll, I get, really we'll get to that part, it, I, th I think, because that's the big culmination. But anyway. Right. Okay. Um, so... So some people are like, oh, fuck, it's too hard. And then other people are like, hey, I've got this three-year-old or four-year-old Android phone like me, and it just won't load because, you know, part of the positive things of going through the Apple review or getting it on Google Play is, well, you can you have a much wider distribution of bugs and whatnot. And, hey, this doesn't work. Let me report this bug. It just fucking sucks or or it's great. But if you wait until the last minute and you have 1,700 phones that may or may not work. I'm running Android Gumdrop, but I need a candy cane. <laughs> right. Or marshmallow. Why do they name them like that? Because Android's Naming dumb. is hard, right? 
Don't at me. Well, okay. <laughs> okay. Apple names it after mountains and shit like that. They're going to they run out of mountains They name their phone OS after crap saying. like that. And it used to be big cats. It used to be like cheetah and lion and like mountain lion or whatever. Whatever. Anyway, yes, naming is hard. <laughs> okay. So, so clearly they were under some sort of last minute deadline. For all we know, they got this contract the week before. You know, and here you go. This has got to happen. It's 60 grand. And then they put their developers on a death march. I feel like right? there's a timetable printed out there somewhere. And it's a little bit more liberal than I think what we're giving them credit for. Oh, maybe they oversold as an agency. And you're like, well, yeah, we'll take right. that. We'll that, take that. That's like, never hey, happened. Hey, you know, that's due next week. <laughs> that's never happened. <laughs> that, that thing's due. Well, if we get into Waterfall versus Agile. The thoughts and opinions of Bob and Kevin of the Bob and Kevin show are exclusively the thoughts of Bob and Kevin and not the thoughts of their employers. Past, present, and probably not future. You almost never have that problem with Agile because you've got to show a working product weekly or every two weeks where Waterfall, I think you can easily fall in that trap where it's like, oh shit, we've been planning and getting around to it. Our homework's actually due next week. And then, you know, this is where you go, like, find something on the internet, cut and paste, rename. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying I did that in college. <laughs> but anyway, I like to call the that, internet barely existed back then. It I was. like to call that avalanche uh, development, not uh, waterfall. Oh, nice. <laughs> so do you have any other details on the application's development at all? I'm scanning through, but I mean, no, actually the development of the app itself, other than the price tag and stuff like that. No, um, it's so, so simple though. I mean, it's got to be simple. So in, po- in politics, everyone loves to point the finger. Actually, they do the they do the knuckle thing where, you know, I think Clinton started it where you can't actually point and then Obama did it. You make this like right. hand thing. It's kind of like a fist with that first finger is like kind of push, push. Exactly. <laughs> Bob, Bob knows the struggle. So they do knuckle pointing, apparently because you don't finger point these rude. days, where the, D- the DNC uh, is basically like, oh, this is a serious flaw in the app. Yeah, but, and, but that know, didn't come like, out until uh, hour three after the caucuses were all done. Like it was delay, well, delay, it, no information, no information, delay, delay. Um, we're being extra careful. Um, we're going over the results with a fine tooth comb to make sure that they are, you know, as legitimate and unquestionable as possible. And then all of a sudden people kept prying. Well, actually, no, that's not even true. People didn't keep prying. Tweets started surfacing of, uh, the chair people, captains, the caucus captains saying that they were having trouble with the app. And then obviously some reporters dug into the fact and then they said there was some inconsistency of the data submitted through the app. Yes. So there could be so many things. It could be simply uh, Bob, the precinct or not Bob, but Fred, the, the precinct captain, put in the wrong numbers. That's an inconsistency, right. but it has nothing to do with no. the app. It could be that somebody who was looking at the source code told his boss, yeah, I see this bug here, but that wasn't it. But somehow, some way, that got transmitted up. Hey, well, we did find this bug, but that wasn't it, which turned into, oh, they found the major bug. Wait, it's, well, no. You know, over I'm pretty sure that was after right? midnight Eastern time, the night of the caucuses. So... So it was a huge clusterfuck. Um, 
and but what was really obvious to me is their contingency plan either didn't exist or they didn't take well, it serious. In right? the original proposal, I did see this. So in the original proposal, it was the app and a call center. So they were going to act in tandem to be fallbacks for each other, but also to potentially limit the bandwidth requirement for each. So you could call in or you could use the app. The I think the committee, the the Iowa Democratic Committee, opted to not go with the full package. So they ended up only with the app in a severely <laughs> understaffed call center. So if you're going to launch an app like that, do you you think that's a high visibility app? See, right? but I think the intention was is it wasn't going to be high visibility at all, and that was where the oops happened. Well. The curse of the IT industry as a whole, if you're doing your job, it's a non-event because the right. system is working. The bits are moving. Congratulations. However, however, when Google goes down, boss calls. Why can't I Google? And that's what happened, right? Why can't I send votes? So it's the curse of, of uh, visibility here. The, the, I think what got misallocated um, in terms of risk assessment here is... Hey guys, what happens if this app just totally doesn't work? What if the what if the cell towers go down? What if I don't know, what if what if something, you know, what's the worst case I scenario? I think all here? those would have been like pretty legit, but apparently they didn't even test if people could log in. Right. <laughs> Which is a bit mind-blowing, but somebody pointed out to me at work Kevin, do you realize what the average precinct worker's demographic is? And it's not his words, but my words, but I would characterize them as this. They are people in their 60s or 70s, and they are the same people who couldn't set their VCR clocks in the 80s and 90s and who think Facebook and the internet are the same <laughs> now thing. Now I did... These are the people now working I did the polls. see a lot of younger precinct captains, but I think that those might have been the ones associated with the, the kind of the younger campaigns. You know, Bernie's staffers are usually pretty young and their volunteers are pretty young. Uh, Mayor Pete, very much the same. Uh, Elizabeth, probably the same as well. But yeah, so, but yeah, still, but, it's they're, they're, they're not tech savvy users for the most part. No, and, and I would say the poll workers and the candidates' uh, volunteers are two different. Well, no, the groups caucusing people, people are, they're truly like the, th- the ones that are the committee captains, they're volunteers. Mm-hmm. They're so, but are they associated yes, with? Campaigns? They're usually closely tied to a candidate. Oh man, that's news well, to me. In the okay. live coverage, so in anyway, the live coverage from group to root group, like you'd have a committee, like a captain, a caucus captain, and he would put he or she would put themselves in a group, and they would say, "We have to call somebody over to count because I'm, you know, I'm caucusing for Elizabeth Warren, even though they were a volunteer." for the caucus itself. They're all politically involved people, so they are tied to candidates. Yeah. I'm sure. Well, I mean, who who works a poll and doesn't have a candidate they like? I mean, the reason you're there is because you're into politics, right? So therefore, you probably have yeah, a Yeah, the politically right? agnostic yet interested in politics person is going to be very, like, very much the exception. Right. All right, so the contingency plan was, okay, the, the app is shit the bed, <laughs> We have this hotline, and I was watching. Oh God! A clip. So you were watching the same Wolf one Blit- where Wolf Blitzer fucked that guy? <laughs> yes. 
Oh my god. So in case you haven't seen that, Wolf Blitzer is talking to a guy who's on hold with the DNC, the hotline. And he's talking, he's like, yeah, I'm on hold, and this is what we're supposed to do, and I've been on hold forever. And then the lady finally says, hello, hello. He's like, Wolf, you won't believe it. I'm finally off hold. And she's like, and saying, hello, hello. And she's question. like, I got... <laughs> right? And then he's like, okay, I gotta go. And then she's like, click. You hear the click on the phone. It was awesome. Caroline and I, he has to call back and get back Caroline in line. Caroline and I were yelling at the television. We're like, no, she's gonna hang up. She's gonna hang up. <laughs> it was amazing television right there. So, so there's that. That was a contingency plan. But how how can you not just be like, okay, if both of these should fail, or maybe we didn't have enough people in the call center, guys, can we just send out an email? This wasn't a part of the contingency plan. We have 1,700 email addresses, I would think. Can we just send out an email that says, hey, I've set up a Dropbox. This is the official Dropbox post some sort of file in here with your tallies and then we'll 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 just throw them in the spreadsheet together guys let's just get this done but guess what bob as you alluded to earlier in this freaking episode <laughs> it's been a couple days <laughs> since the goddamn voting has occurred and they still haven't figured it out uh, over t- over 48 hours are actually coming up on 48 hours and we are 85% reported i believe is last i saw like just a couple of minutes ago, I mentioned a, I mentioned a scenario that could come up. The New Hampshire primary is next week. What is the possibility that we might have New Hampshire results officially in before we have Iowa results? Well, in? technology aside, uh, these results are going to get contested because of what's happening. So they might not be official. Like they, they might reach a hundred percent, you know, like with a hundred percent districts reporting, but then somebody who didn't get their number that they wanted, they're going to cry and they're going to contest it. Where you mean Joe <laughs> yeah, Biden? Sorry. Cause I, cause Joe I saw Biden, him on yeah. the news. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I saw Joe Biden. He's like, well, we'll get more in our fair share of delegates. Dude, go away. I mean, the only reason he's still around is because of the impeachment, in my humble opinion. It's like, ah, he would have gone away, but we impeached the guy. Ah, now we have to deal with Biden for a little 86, bit longer. 86% so reporting away. right now. So we've got 14% left That's to crazy. count. Okay. So I'm going to ask you some pointy questions. Hey, about I, it, if you don't I mind. love the pointy question segment of the show. Point to um, questions, point to questions from Kevin to Bob. So, so Shadow Inc. apparently, apparently took money or can take money from candidate parties to help for the development of the app. So I guess not just the DNC, you know, hired them, but they actually have uh, candidates, allegedly, air quotes, contributing to the development of this app. Do you think there's a conflict of interest if I say, I don't know, give $20,000 to Shadow Inc. for this tallying thing to, you hey. know, hey, make sure you count them hey, right, but wink, Kevin, wink. Uh, we didn't give money to Shadow Inc. We we donated money to Acronym. <laughs> are, you, are you familiar with the company <laughs> yeah. Acronym? We are. Uh, um, 
let me in on it because I did see the the name, but they're apparently distancing themselves from Shadow Inc. But also, also another bullshit. On. Like who names are come? Th- these names are like hysterical. They're just so fake. So acronym is a nonprofit <laughs> corporation funded in 2017 by Tara McGowan's political strategist. But anyway, uh, they launched Shadow Inc. <laughs> so they were the ones and- collecting the money. Well, I was actually thinking about this. Kevin, uh, and then maybe we have a show disclaimer at some point already in this episode. Kevin, you've been tasked to create this app, the same app that I would... You're going to do it right, air quotes, because what is right anymore, right? So um, you're going to do it. My first impression might be, guys, um, let's take a, a little bit of lesson learned out of this and go, maybe we should set up a second company. Just oh, in case. I guarantee that's exactly bad. how it went. <laughs> I'm just saying, because if this goes bad and we need to rebrand like overnight, we can just get rid of that company. Right. Right. And the internet is flooded with, and this is what I love about the internet. When people see something that might be hinky, they screen grab it. And so there's screen grabs of, you know, acronym walking back their association with, uh, with shadow but then somebody is like, well, what about this post that used to be on your About Us page? <laughs> so what what does your tinfoil hat say about a candidate contributing to a counting, a simple counting tallying app? Do you think there's any chance that they're like, hey, instead of, instead of adding just one, add 1.1 and let's round up if you know what I'm saying. Let me Let me layer even more conspiracy theory on top of that. What if some of those candidates that were maybe sharing a little bit of money with those companies that may have been alphabet named acronym or shadowy in nature named shadow? What if those political candidates have a special ops background uh, consultant that dealt with uh, behavioral science for a large consulting firm and uh, has some ties to the CIA? What would you think about those? I would think it would be a great documentary coming to Netflix because I feel probably. like that's <laughs> hashtag Mayor Cheats bio that I just read. <laughs> yeah, that was my favorite. Um, there's hashtag some parallels the with kind of how Cambridge. <laughs> I, I see the parallels with um, Cambridge Analytica, just kind of like this company, just kind of out there, and you just give them the right amount of money, and they make things happen. It's kind of like the Fixer from Pulp Fiction. Hey, what do you need? What happened? Where's the body? Okay, we'll take care of it. You know, don't worry about it. We got it. So I very much feel, uh, is you know, Shadow Inc. is definitely appropriately named, if you I'll, ask me. I'll also layer on some more conspiracy. Pete was the only one who went on TV and declared victory the night that there were no results. Guess, guess <laughs> who's in the lead right so, now? Mayor, Mayor Pete. Pete. So Mayor Pete is from the great state of Indiana, to wit, I am broadcasting from broadcasting right live. now. Um, I will say that I'm not 100% sure he would actually win the state of Indiana at this point. Only because um, he's very localized to South Bend as far as uh, being you know, popular. Uh, obviously, being running for president has brought attention him so we'll see oh don't but, sugarcoat uh, it i'm he a little shocked get, he won't win indiana because he's gay 
Well, there's definitely that. I mean, it's no, no. Sorry well, I mean, to my liberal, primary, sorry though. to my liberal Indiana friends, but my conservative Indiana friends will be like, damn yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it, this is a tough state because the the conservatives definitely wouldn't vote for him in the general election. But I don't know how it would go in the Democratic primary. Um, you don't you think might be right. I don't it think Hoosier pride's going to kick in there. I I have never voted in a Democratic primary, so I, I don't even <laughs> keep track. So I, I've barely even voted in any primaries because of what's the point? Uh, which takes me to my next point. Primaries, and this I think this is for all states, they're all run by the, the, the DNC or the RNC. And it's really not government sponsored whatsoever. Is it even a real election? I know the general election is a real election, but is the primary an actual real election? Do you know? I think it's just a mechanism to try to try to make it look like the people's voices are heard. I don't think it's official in any way, shape, or form. I think the Democratic National Committee at any point in time could change the rules for the delegate convention, and you know put their person up, but also that's probably tinfoil hatty as well. I don't think there's any, I don't think there's any overarching legislation of how a political organization's candidate is put forward. So they could at any point say, okay, we're going to have our convention. And the only one that can win is if your name rhymes with Ernie Sanders, <laughs> raise your hand. If your name runs with Ernie They'll Sanders, say, then right? you're out. Cause that's the whole DNC thing. But, um, Let's get back to, because I think one of the things that I got the biggest chuckle out of the other day was, you know, when all else fails, blame a developer. And that's been some very oh. interesting chatter online too. It's like, how in the hell? Yeah, sure, you can point the finger, but the developer is not going to be the one to stop. I mean, a rare one could, but like the developer isn't the problem here. I would 100% agree. We talked about this too in a small group. Developers do what they're asked. Really, no more, no less. They do bring up challenges and be like, hey, um, I know you want that new feature, but I'm still working on this old feature. It's kind of buggy. And have we tested this? Because I don't feel comfortable right now. And I know where all the bodies are buried, so to speak. So I think the developers just doing their job. I really put this on a leadership fail at, at shadowing firstly and then secondly at the dnc so it's mostly um the leaders at shadow inc they're hey you're in charge of this what what is your load testing plan what is your distribution plan what is your we're going to be on 1700 phones of which we're not sure necessarily what the mix of technology are Are they all apple or are they all android or the mix somebody got a fucking windows phone out there you know what what is your plan and if this all goes to shit have you communicated your risk assessment to the client and be like, look, we're, we're doing everything we can X, Y, Z, but let's plan for fail. Because if you don't um, have a plan, you're, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Right. But in the developer circles, I'm very much of the mantra that I plan for failure. What if this, when I make this web call, what if that service that I talk to dies? What am I going to well, do? Yeah. But how about the just, and, I'm sorry, it's not ready. I can't, it's not working. Ah, well, do you really think a dev is hiding behind that and going, 
I can't tell them it's not ready. I, I, I don't believe that because most devs I know go, like, no, I, I just couldn't get to that yet. Or it's buggy. Right. Or From whatnot. my experience, a dev tells the truth to the project manager and the project manager somehow then doesn't tell the truth to everyone else. <laughs> yeah. You know what the most annoying thing about Sorry, a developer is? They, the most annoying things about developers is they're typically very pragmatic, pessimistic, and very honest. And that's not very good for sales. When we're like, no, you want to do what? You want, when do you need that by? Are you crazy? And you're right. And then when that gets put through the the business filter, now, fortunately, and I, yes, I am, I am, I'm disclaiming here. I I don't have that problem where I'm at. We 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 have very good communication, and but I, I I'm not seeing that this happened necessarily at Shadow Inc. But I don't know it Shadow Inc. Well, yeah, and I'm also very curious to find out. Like I haven't seen a body count. Like you know how many people are actually employed by Shadow Inc. How many developers? How big the team was? None of that. But even if we did know that, um, I don't know if that would be insightful or not well but i think it would be interesting because right now i feel like it's one guy in his basement who made 60 grand <laughs> it could be hey or one guy in his i mean he took a pr hit one guy in his but. buddy <laughs> his buddy is the one who lied the guy in the basement made 20 grand the guy who lied made 40 grand you know yeah um and then but i put some i put some of this on the client um, we, we've got the saying, maybe it's just America. The customer is always right. Well, no, because <laughs> here's why the customer has to do their own risk assessment too. What if this company doesn't deliver? What if they deliver me uh, shit on a shingle? What if, you know, what is our contingency? Has this ever been used before? Do we have a track record of this app just working? Do we have a track record of this company um, providing services that, that are reliable? And I would have to say the DNC of Iowa failed at their own mission because an app is just a tool in this situation. Yeah. But where's that gray line though, where I'm paying for something, the person that I'm buying it from, not the developer, mind you, the person I'm buying it from, the company says, we're good to go. It's packaged. People can start downloading it. I mean, if I'm working for the Iowa DNC and I don't employ any kind of internal technical resources, I have to take that vendor at their word. So, so yes, you're right. But that goes on your risk assessment. Hey, we don't have anyone that can verify these claims. So it's all about risk. And they accept that risk by not hiring somebody, not having somebody on staff, not, not following up because trust is very important. So Bob, let, let me, let me put you in the hot seat. You are a business owner and you hired a company to do an app and then they say it works. Are you just going to take it from well, them? Well, no, and not distribute it to 1700 users and cross my fingers and, you know, hope. <laughs> As an educated IT professional yourself, you would probably say, well, let's do some user acceptance testing. Did you make what it is I asked you to make? Let me, let's do it. Well, okay, great. How many users have you tested this on? Great. What kind of phones have, does this work on? Great. And if you're, if you're, um, naive and you're like, well, I know of Android and iOS and I don't know what questions to ask. I think some of the best advice ever given ever is to air quotes, hire somebody smarter than you. Hire somebody who does know. If you don't know and if you're not comfortable, hire somebody who does know. 
And if if you're unwilling to do any of that, why are you willing to to spend sixty grand on an app that you're just going to accept on face yeah, value? The, the blind That's trust is saying. really weird too. So who knows? Maybe there was a bunch of back and forth. Maybe the reassurances. Maybe the the DNC had somebody on staff saying, "Oh, this is great. Yep, worked." Blah blah blah. Maybe all that, and maybe this was just a colossal fail. But I don't really believe that because I. I really believe if you go through all of those exercises, and a lot of us don't like to go through those exercises of risk assessments and whatnot, but this is why. This is definitely one of those cases where you go, yeah, I'm glad we did, or damn, we should have. And this is going to be one of those, uh, what do you call them, case studies for a long time. In your, let me ask you a question. In your research, did you see any screen grabs that were beyond the failed logins? I have nor have I. So you're saying so you're saying did anyone actually get to log? Well yeah, I I'm curious. I mean, obviously in a scenario like this, you're not gonna hear any, you know, victory tales where, you know, like, hi, I'm Jane User and I I got logged in and submitted my fifteen sets of numbers and everything was just great. And I was home and in bed by nine o'clock. Um, but you would think if you were getting some balanced reporting you would see more than just the failed logins. But I, once again, based on the fact that we're still not fully counted on 1,700 locations, I'm going to guess nobody got their data through. Um, or if they did, I think it's potential that it's untrusted at this point. And so there may be compounding factors like, well, of those who did get in, they didn't know how to use it. And it wasn't because the app made a calculation. It's because the user had no idea what to put in. So they just put in grandma's cookie recipe. And, and that was not yeah, but I would, you know, I you would know, think there'd of, just be like, first, authenticate, get logged in. Step next, pick a candidate from list, Joe Biden. First round, enter number. Second round, enter number. Third round, enter percentage of delegate votes. <laughs> so... All of that is user stories, and not every agency goes through the trouble of doing it. I had another quote that I stole from the internet, and it was, weeks of coding can save hours of planning. <laughs> yeah, and it's so, I got a good giggle out of that one, too. It's so true, <sighs> because I, I think a lot of us used to, or I used to, go to the code right, real quick. Oh, you need to think, oh, let me start sketching out. No, no, yeah, no, 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 I've no, been no. pretty tactical. Do you even know what problem yeah, it is you're I've solving? I've been very tactical in my years, too. I mean... Step one, understand the problem you're actually solving and communicate this, reciprocate the problem back in your own words, back to the stakeholders and get the, get the acknowledgement that yes or no, that's not what we meant. You know, so I think there's a huge value in there. And I think, again, this is just so much case study stuff going on there. So in order to give an, a positive, well, what would you have done, Mr. Smarty Kevin? Well, I think I would have done a dry run. Hey, everyone needs to log in. Hey, F Sally, you, you didn't log in. The server didn't right. log you logging in. What's the deal? Because it sounded like people literally met the app the day of. Right. The and vote, that was, right? I think the earliest that I saw, it was over the weekend. Like maybe it was a Friday or Thursday. And then there was another email sent out. If you haven't downloaded the app, over like maybe Saturday or Sunday. And then it was, you know, it was game time. It was Monday. So, and I think they sent out an email saying that they needed to re-download or something. So 
there, there's just a lot of bad planning, no testing. But I guess at the end of the day, my ultimate question is, are, well, I think I know the answer to this question. As a society, as a nation, are we ready for any kind of electronic you know, voting, or do we have to take it back full circle and stay with the hanging chads and the jog wheels? So I'm laughing because it's my next bullet point, and, uh, and it was yet again another topic that came up. And it's basically the question is, is should, does technology have a place in our election system? Does it? And will it ever? And on face value, as a technologist, I would say, hell yeah. Why wouldn't you want to automate this bullshit? You know, and then upon further review, I'm like, God, no, no, we need to keep this simple, stupid. Yeah. You know, let's just, let's just keep it. We need an audit trail. We don't need the possibility of getting hacked. We don't need the possibility of somebody, um, you know, you know, an app not working. Can we just have old fashioned, easy to use pieces of paper? What do you think? I feel like, and I'm very much in line with you. I feel like technology i feel like there's other parts of the world the world that has embraced technology for their elections um i just i think we're too big i think we're too we're not as technologically advanced as we think we are especially at the government level and then when you start to bring private enterprise into it a la acronym and shadow inc then you have an extra layer of liability there and it I think we probably are. I mean, hell, I'd even go back to like putting rocks in a bucket. (laughs) We need integrity to be maintained in the system. Uh, uh, This week's episode of the Iowa app definitely doesn't help integrity at all. And security, like it's kind of weird because to make things more secure on the web, sometimes you have to mitigate things like brute force. You know, well, if I if I just make it so you can only try to brute force five passwords, then I lock you out. I've made it very difficult for you. Well, the harder I make it to hack the system by creating, I don't know, air gaps, you actually have to create these pieces of paper, not just, you know, for each loop and it you know it tallies or or just set a number in a system it's like altering your bank account you can't just put a million dollars in your bank account there has to be a check and balance in the whole system otherwise that's going to get flagged by hey you don't have a million dollars just because you say you know somebody went in the database and changed it to a million there has to be the 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 debits and credits the trail oh no you just so i definitely developer tools and you just change the number (laughs) in the front end Just yeah. the inspector, take a screenshot, call customer service. We're like, hey, it says what I had a million in there. Account? Now I only have a dollar. <laughs> what happened? You owe me answers. Um, so in in Iraq and places like that, do you ever notice what they do after an election? They hold up a finger and you do, do you notice what's on their finger? They mark them, right? Yeah. Ink. Because that ink is not easy, doesn't easily come off. So it signifies several things. It signifies that you have right, voted. That's your, that's your I voted also, sticker. And, and you can't go come back later and vote again. So there's that simple thing will prevent people from voting multiple times, mo- voting you know under different names. Now I don't know if they like actually take their fingerprint, you know, like hey, put your fingerprint on the person you want to vote for. But I think that would be a great idea because you're like, look, this is my vote, and here's who it's for, and it is very hard to fake. Um. So again, that's just a simple, simple system. 
and maybe we just need to get simpler instead of more techy. Yeah, because right? I mean, think about this. A, they didn't save a lick of time with this. Um, B, <laughs> not at all. Who's gonna who, who's gonna be A? All right, so this is B one and B two. B one, who's gonna be the next company to say, hey, we won't fuck up like Shadow. You know, here's here's our better mousetrap, and then. B2, who's going to be the organization that takes the risk to go with an outside vendor to try to do this the right way? Like, it's basically set it back probably two to five years is what my guess is. So could could this resistance to technology in elections be generational? Because our current workers are in their 60s and 70s. Um, you know, fast forward to when you and I are that age, We've never been alive at a time where our our elderly have had technology as ubiquitous as it is today. So right now, the current 60s and 70-year-olds, they're like, hey, VCR, that was pretty cool. And PCs, I really haven't gotten into it. But I can, I can text. That's the newest cool thing I can do or this Facebook thing or whatever. But when you and I get older in 20, 30 years, we'll have been on the bleeding edge of probably some of the smartest elderly people that have ever Until existed our kids in the are that world. age. And then yeah. it's a, exactly. And it, and it's just going to outweigh. So eventually that worm will turn, but we're not ready for I, it. Yet. I'm so not ready for it. I just it. want to kind of preface I'm not it. ready for it. I don't trust right. my digital vote. Like I wouldn't trust a digital vote for my, like if I, if I was given a device and said I had to vote electronically, I wouldn't trust that vote. So, I want to bring up uh, the idea because I read an academic paper on, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we issued a digital certificate to everyone? So very much like an SSL cert to everyone in, in the country. And so instead of a social security card, you would digitally sign everything with your SSL cert, but you could also vote with it. So to the point where, hey, did my vote actually count? I'm looking at these numbers on the television and it says Bernie only got whatever or or so-and-so only got whatever. Ha. Huh. Did they actually count my vote? And then you'd be able to to check the digital register and go, yeah, there it is. But There's my vote. And it's therein been lies the ultimate flaw in the entire system. Because you're voting for a representative vote that may or may not align with your actual vote. Meaning, I don't meaning oh. that your candidate could get the popular vote, but the delegate system decides that your vote isn't really as informed as they think it is and they cast their stone ah, gotcha. in the other person's bucket even though you put yours in person one's bucket. So as cool as a system that I just described sounds, it's actually terrible. And it's terrible because it's too Well, it also sounds difficult. a lot like so blockchain Kevin, record just- too. <laughs> Well, kind of, you know, that was actually on my list of, hey, maybe we should just put this on the blockchain and solve all of our problems and make us breakfast and fuck it. You know, so I I think that the more clever we get with voting, the, the, the worse of an idea it is. We need to keep it simple. And right now, I'm not aware of any logistic problems with people voting through with paper or you know whatnot i mean i i get if you're disabled there's challenges but well we've had the hanging chad thing we've we have and i would take that over a digital problem because 
Bob, you want me to really wake up in the morning or if I can get you to really wake up in the morning, you know what? I can send you a message. Hey, Bob, I accidentally deleted the production database and we don't have backups. Um, can you help me out? Right. <laughs> there's, there's nothing I can do for you. Nothing. Right. And the simple fact so, is, is any kind of electronic system we do end up migrating to is still going to have a paper backup guaranteed. So one of the last topics I have here, and do you have any more technology stuff? Because this was less techie. Nah. I mean, it's in my opinion, right. it was a pretty cut and dried tech thing. I, I had an amazing day with coworkers discussion and just the internet in general. The, the Iowa app thing, just to be honest, was kind of a fun topic oh, at Iowans expense 100%. at this point. 100%. <laughs> so so I, I want to get that out there. And one of the things that I learned in discussions was something called ranked choice voting. Have you ever heard of such a thing, Bob? That's the new system that they introduced in Iowa, right? Um, it's similar yeah. to caucusing, but it... It uh, it eliminates the third party spoiler. So back in the day, we had George W. Bush, we had Bill Clinton, and H. Ross Perot. And so H. Ross Perot stole the Republican vote, therefore gave us Bill Clinton as president because he split the vote. If you had ranked choice voting, those who you'd vote for, you may rank George Bush at one, Ross Perot two, Bill Clinton three, or not even rank Bill Clinton or reverse. Hey, I just want Bill Clinton. I don't care about the other guys. However, it's it's like a relegation. If you came in last, your votes go to right. whoever the second And that's kind of the modified system they had like for that. Iowa with the, the three rounds or the two rounds. Right. The the main difference, as pointed out to me, is it's still anonymous. So you don't you don't hang around for three right. hours going, Oh God, can we just pick right. somebody? You just say one, two, three, here's here's my ranked order, and then it, it just it's instant runoffs is is essentially what it is. And I watched a video on it. Maybe I'll get it to you if you're interested. But um it was I'm like, God, why don't we do that? Because our current system obviously favors big political parties and if you're a third party spoiler like i don't know gary johnson that maybe i voted for instead of the other two and the last libertarian you know I, I don't get exactly i don't get the heat from the losing democrats going well we got trump because you kevin well, really nope ah, pretty sure we got whatever trump yeah the delegates didn't like hillary you know, well, I humbly believe a society always gets the politicians it deserves, not the necessarily ones it voted for. So. That was my head exploding. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, wow, we actually eked out. Hell yeah, we did. One. I knew we would. All right. Got any final thoughts or comments on uh, the Iowa slash election technology nah, discussion? but uh, we've really been enjoying the interactions on Twitter. Um, it is probably the best way to reach out to us. And it, it's fun to have these conversations because it ha- kind of helps us set up show content and also helps us reflect on prior shows. So uh, please keep that up. We really appreciate it. And uh, I got nothing else. What do you got? Uh, going on vacation, I'm going to learn about the technology of Disney because Disney World knows how to herd people very well uh, electronically. And uh, I'm hoping to bend uh, Bob's ear a little bit about it. I will I contribute that. very little to that conversation, but I will enjoy it all the same. So until next time, tune into the Bob and Kevin show in about a week or so. Talk to you later.
Hey, have you ever wondered how you can get in touch with us at the Bob and Kevin Show? Well, first, you can try us via email at comments at bobandkevinshow.com. Or are you more into social? If so, you can find us on Twitter at Bob and Kevin Show. Or on Instagram as Bob and Kevin Show. That's Bob, the letter N, Kevin Show. And if you're still on Facebook, you can even find us at facebook.com slash Bob and Kevin Show. And for the serious business fans, you can even find us on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash company slash the dash Bob dash Kevin dash show. How's that for a handle? Let's connect. <laughs>